Welcome to Storytime with Uncle Reddit, a podcast where I read some of the best posts from across Reddit and around the web. Each episode is a collection of funny content that includes subjects like tales from tech support, entitled parents, choosing beggars, pro-revenge, and more. Today's episode is all about tales from tech support. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. No, it still works if I don't need it to do anything. So I don't actually work in IT. I work in a library. But I thought the story might fit here. The location where I was working at the time had just installed new card scanners for the self-service machines. Now these machines are very simple to use. You first press an icon on the screen to tell it whether you want to borrow or return books. Then if you're borrowing books, you scan your card and then the books. And if you're returning books, you don't need to scan your card. You just feed the machine your books. The old card scanners had been sort of integrated into the desks, while the new scanners were attached to the screens. Now the company didn't feel the need to replace the desks, so they just taped over the old scanners with white tape. But since it's still a visually different area on the desk, old customers with muscle memory, etc., a large part of my job was basically just notifying people that they needed to use the new scanners. One day this customer comes in, an elderly man, and I see him putting his card on the white tape. So I go over to tell him that he needs to use the new scanners. He turns to me and says, no need, this one still works. (laughs) I'm a bit perplexed since it's supposed to be off, but he goes on to explain. If I need to borrow books, I use this scanner, points to the new one. And for returning books, I use this one, points to the old one. Again, returning books doesn't require you to scan your card at all since all the books have unique codes and the system automatically recognizes who had borrowed the book before. He was just putting his card against the defunct scanner which did nothing and then continued to return his books the way he was supposed to. But clearly this system worked for him, so who am I to intervene? (coughs) It's funny. So, we're creatures of habit. Especially guys, I think. Um, We get into our patterns, man, and it's hard to break those patterns. You know, I'll get in bed tonight, probably before some other people in the house, and I'll still get up at some point and go around and check all the lights and locks on the house. It's habit. It's what I do. You know, I come home every day. My keys go in the same place. My shoes go in the same place. My ass goes in the same place. Habits are hard to break. I can't see the screen properly. Hi all. I support an asset management software, usually working with facilities workers. Handymen, basically. Anyway, we had a ticket come in reading, I can't see X screen. Half of it's cut off. After connecting via Bomgar... I was greeted with a taskbar that only had four icons on that were almost half the screen. Then when the user opened our software, the format was all over the place, and we're talking scroll bars everywhere. So I thought I'd open display settings. Customer. I've got it set up how I like. Me. I just want to see what resolution we're running here. Turns out it was 1264 by 664 with 125% zoom level. Customer showed me the screen that was half cut off and asked if I could fix it. Set it to 1920 by 1080 and the customer said they couldn't read anything. Screen fixed. Even dropped it to 1280 by 720. Still fixed. Which she said was better but still couldn't read it. But oh no, the above wasn't good enough. The suggestion you make to increase the resolution makes the screen unreadable and doesn't meet our disabled user's needs. 
Then some extra stuff about how their staff are aging and are having sight issues. I advised we can't support every resolution. Got escalated and got rejected with the advice to follow what I showed her. When I did my uh, so-called mobile tech stuff, uh, which was mostly just helping people replace hardware, do updates, remove viruses and trojans and stuff. I had one couple and both of them were equally as blind. Um, and when I say blind, not derogatory, like I think they were pretty close to being legally blind. Uh, the lenses on their glasses were about as thick as you can go and uh, they couldn't see the screen right. And I couldn't, I couldn't make the resolution go much better for them without screwing everything up and making it so that there was only like two icons on the screen, like, like OP said. But um, I did remember when I was taking classes that one of the screens in the classroom, which was set up for ADA for visually impaired people, had this prism-like um, lens. It was the same shape as the computer screen, and it sat somewhere between the screen and the user um, and magnified the screen, and it was bigger than the screen. And uh, I thought about that for a minute, and I looked it up, and I told the people, you know, look, purchase this. I'll set it up. If it doesn't work, you don't like it, whatever, I'll buy it back from you. I figured I'd be able to use it somewhere else at some point. And uh, this thing was fantastic. So they set it up. You know, I set it up for them on their desk, and I think it ended up being about six inches, which was optimal for them. And uh, it was perfect. They just used their regular eyeglasses and, you know, had to sit back a little bit further from the monitor. And, uh, yeah, problem solved. A Tale of Two Repairs thought I would also post here, normally post in the auto repair sub. I get a call from a longtime customer. His sister's brake lights are staying on in her Nissan. He wants to know what it might be. I tell him it's either the brake light switch or the little plastic bumper that the switch pushes against. A little later they showed up and sure enough it's the plastic piece. I order a new one, snap it in, bill him a minimal amount for the repair and he's happily on his way. It's things like this that the mechanics enjoy. Easy fixes helped by the fact that you've seen several such repairs before. Next victim is a Dodge ProMaster, no air conditioning, which kind of made the owners a bit upset since we just replaced both the engine and transmission, followed by a wheel bearing. Those ProMasters are the gift that keep on giving. I explained to the service manager the importance of getting this van done as soon as we can. Customers already spent thousands with us this year. His other Ram truck was relieved of its catalytic converters one night, which set his insurance company back about $4,000. Added to the engine and transmission on the ProMaster, and he kind of has a point that we should be getting it fixed faster. But the reality is we're trying to keep up with the flow as best as possible. We have some company owned trucks that have been down months waiting to be fixed. We check and while the Freon level is good, the compressor has no power coming to it. After spending time tracing the wiring while consulting the excellent diagrams provided by the manufacturer, which apparently were created during art session in a daycare near the Dodge plant, crayons and all, we finally decide the control head needs to be replaced. Power into it but zero power from it to the compressor. I sell the job after getting chewed out by the customer because we're taking too long to get them back up and running. It's not like we're crazy busy and cars are parked all the way around the building or anything. Service manager takes that ticket and gets back into it after the part comes in. Installs the control head but still is not seeing any results. He says not to panic when I check up with him. He still has a few cards to play. Seems that ProMaster in their wisdom installed a temp sensor in the mirror for some reason and is sold as an assembly according to the customer. The customer told me that he was quoted $1,000 to fix the check engine light coming on from the bad sensor in the mirror. Never priced it ourselves. Next thing I know, the service manager has the mirror disassembled and the sensor out of the mirror. 
He clips the wires, installs a sensor out of a different application that replicates the same data that the original expensive sensor did and wires it up. Sure enough, we now have power to the compressor and the air conditioning is working. It's a mystery how the sensor was bad for years before and the air conditioning worked, but the new control head wouldn't even think of turning the compressor on without input from the sensor. Anyway, I bill it and the customer was happy. Well, as happy as anyone who owns a ProMaster can be anyway. Yeah, I consider a lot of auto tech stuff to be uh, tech support. Especially electrical stuff, man. I hate trying to trace down electrical issues in a car. Uh, it's bad enough in a house, RV, <laughs> computers, but something about electronics in a car, man, it'll just make you nuts. Can I speak to your manager? This was a long time ago, so details are kind of hazy, but I remember the general picture. I was tier one support for a cybersecurity company that sold security software. Our software basically prevented people from going to bad websites, and a few other things. You would set it up on another server within your network and ensure that it listened to all of the HTTP and HTTP bleh, HTTPS traffic. We also sold on-premises Linux boxes that you could proxy traffic through and did essentially the same thing. One of the most common issues we'd have is someone would tell us our software wasn't working, but in reality they had improperly configured the network side of things and the traffic wasn't routing to the proxy. We usually confirmed this with a packet capture or something, and as soon as we showed the network guys of whatever the company we were talking to, they'd realize it was their problem, typically a firewall or something not liking the non-standard proxy port, and start fixing it. Occasionally we'd get calls from a company's outsourced tech support in India. The outsourced guys always seemed like they were working with limited information and would often stubbornly stick to some sort of script, so they could be hard to work with. They were also having to work at the middle of the night in their time zone, so I imagine some of them were very tired. One day I got such a call. Me. Hi, thanks for contacting Corp. My name is Savoir Faire. What sort of issue are you experiencing? Customer. Your software isn't working. When I go to a bad website, it just comes up. Me. Let me take a look. After a few pointed questions, I realize this is the exact same issue that plagues so many of our customers. I remote in and confirm. Me. Sir, this packet capture shows that your server is never reaching our proxy server. The computer accessing the bad website is correctly configured to route to the proxy. You need to check with your network guys. Show them this packet capture and they'll be able to get to the bottom of this. Customer begins repeating original issue he told me about. Me. Sir, I understand what you originally said, but what I'm seeing is that your traffic is never reaching our proxy, so if you take this to your network team, they can fix it. Customer. I understand that, but... And begins rephrasing the original issue in a different way. Me. Sir, I assure you that what I'm saying is correct. Look at this packet capture. You can clearly see the data is not reaching our proxy, and your company controls everything in between this computer and our server. We continued going back and forth for a bit, with the customer refusing to do anything but insist it was our problem. He kept on saying his boss wants him to get the issue resolved. Finally, I'm starting to run out of patience. Me. Listen, I don't know how else to say this. Is there someone I can speak to who is in charge? Can I please speak to your boss, the one who's putting you up to this? This catches the customer off guard a little bit, but then he seemed happy to not have to deal with this anymore. He puts me on hold to see if he can get his boss. Presumably, he has to dial someone back across the ocean. My coworker looks over at me. Did you just ask to speak to the customer's manager? A few minutes go by with me waiting, unsure what to expect. I was very confident in my reasoning, but sometimes bosses don't like getting dragged into trivial issues like this. Eventually, three guys get on the phone, all of them American, and present themselves as customer's bosses. They neutrally tell me that customer said I requested them. No yelling and screaming, so that's good. 
I calmly explain to them exactly the situation, what's going on, and how the packet captures show their traffic is never reaching our proxy server. There's a momentary confusion, but after a moment it clicks and they understand what I'm saying. They say they'll get their network guys to look into it. They thank me and tell me to close the ticket. Problem solved. Sometimes you just have to escalate up the chain to get the support you need. Yeah, I've had to do that. I hate I hate being the male Karen, but sometimes you just have to. Uh, whether you're in a restaurant or... I mean, I've, I did it as a construction superintendent. Uh, you know, I'd call into a subcontractor's office and get the runaround. You know, one of you guys going to be scheduled to be here, blah, blah, blah. And finally, I just have to talk to the owner of the company and say, look, you got to get this straight, man. I got a schedule to keep. We can get fines, liquidated damages, and anything else if this job falls behind. So, yeah, sometimes you just got to ask for the manager. Read all the words in the one-sentence instructions. <sighs> I'm unofficial tech support for my team in an occasionally technical position on a decisively non-technical work-from-home team, although I do have to say my team has all mastered the art of turning it off and back on again. About two weeks ago, we had an update in the user interface for our primary application. The old view that was always used is still available from the dropdown. The new view was added to the same dropdown. Today, I posted a reminder in a project group chat to choose new view from the dropdown instead of old view because it can filter to exactly the tasks we were working on. Shortly after, ping, and I am from coworker, K pops up. K. Rhubarb, I kept forgetting to tell you my application never changed when they did the update. I don't know what's wrong. It's still showing old view. Me. Oh, if you look in the dropdown, it doesn't show new view? K. Oh, yes, I see it. Thanks. I'm just not technical. Note that we had numerous emails and in-person sessions detailing how to use new view and where to find it. And I had also written in my reminder IM that day to choose new view from the dropdown. Ah, well, at least you didn't fight me on it. Lol. I don't know what it is with people when they, you know... I can almost understand if it was just a one-time thing in a meeting or one email or one IM, whatever. If you're only told once, you know, maybe it blanked out, whatever. I get it. But if you're told repeatedly something and you're still not remembering it and saying, Ooh, I'm sorry, I'm not technical. Well, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't help. Like, pay attention a little. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.